Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. The day, boy, do we have a powerful reading today. It goes right to the heart of the pro-life cause. Uh, let's get right into it here from Genesis. We have the story of the first murder and uh, murder of an innocent man. Uh, brother to brother. Let's reflect on that here this morning. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. I want to welcome you to give your prayer intentions in the comments so that we can all pray for one another. I'm certainly praying for you uh, each day, and uh, thank you for your prayers, and and let's all lift up each other before the Lord, and let's ask forgiveness for our sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we come before you with rejoicing today because we are your people. We are the people of life. We have another day in which we can worship you, extend your kingdom, defend the gift of life, use the talents you have given us, and, uh, and, and bring people in a positive spirit together to praise your name and to do your work. Thank you, Lord, for all the comrades you give us in this great pro-life movement. Uh, thank you for all the work that has been done over the years, over the decades, and that and the work that still remains for us to do. We recommit ourselves to it today. And we recognize, Lord, that, uh, that we have sinned. We acknowledge these sins in your presence each day uh, as we worship you, because you have told us that when we stand to pray, first we must forgive and we must seek your forgiveness. So we ask you to forgive us all our sins and give us the grace uh, to more strongly resist temptation today and to overcome uh, the power of sin in us and in the world. Thank you, Lord God, for all your gifts today. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, let's go into this reading here from the book of Genesis. The man had relations with his wife Eve and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next, she bore his brother Abel. Abel became a keeper of flocks, and Cain, a tiller of the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the soil, while Abel, for his part, brought one of the best firstlings of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not. Cain greatly resented this and was crestfallen. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you so resentful and crestfallen? If you do well, you can hold up your head. But if not, sin is a demon lurking at the door. His urge is toward you, yet you can be his master. Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go out into the field. When they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother, Abel? He answered, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord then said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the soil. Therefore, you shall be banned from the soil that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. If you till the soil, it shall no longer give you its produce. You shall become a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. 
since you have now banished me from the soil and I must avoid your presence and become a restless wanderer on the earth, anyone may kill me at sight. Not so, the Lord said to him. If anyone kills Cain, Cain shall be avenged sevenfold. So the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone should kill him at sight. Adam again had relations with his wife, and she gave birth to a son whom she called Seth. God has granted me more offspring in place of Abel, she said, because Cain slew him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow, this is enough to, for us to talk all day long about the power in this reading. First of all, we had seen in recent days that God created Adam and Eve. He created Adam and Eve not just to create them, but to initiate the human family. And he had given them the original command, be fertile and multiply. So now, God having taken upon himself this, that initial creation from the clay of the earth of man and from the rib of the man of woman, his co-equal partner, now he entrusts to them a share in creation. They come together in intimate love and bring forth offspring. Their bodies come together and conceive a child. In this reading, we're reading the first conception in all human history. The first, we're reading here about the first unborn baby in all human history. And we have um, two of them, of course, Cain and uh, Abel. But Cain is the first unborn child in human history. I have brought forth a man, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. The beautiful vocation of parenthood being explained here. A collaboration with the creator of a new human life. Just as Eve is equal to Adam, so now the child is equal in dignity to the parents not equal in age or strength, but in dignity. I have brought forth a man with the help of the Lord. So Adam and Eve have to do something, obviously, but they can't ultimately decide that the child will be conceived. That is still God's gift. They can do the things that are necessary for it to happen, but it's still God's gift. And not only that, but at that moment, every time an individual human being is conceived, God creates the soul at that very moment, uniting the soul to the body right from the beginning. And you have a human person spending then, of course, the first nine months of his or her life in the mother's womb. Then we have the story of the first murder. And notice, let's... Let's go to the point at which the murder has just happened. Because the question that God then asks of Cain as to why he murdered his brother is a question he asks of us all, and it's a question he will ask at the judgment. And it's a question that reveals our responsibilities to one another. Where is your brother? We have responsibility for one another. Each person has his or her own life. Each person, of course, is answerable to God. But we're in a community. 
And we, God has entrusted the lives of each of us to one another, that we protect and care for each other, not kill. And this is the basis for God's question. Where is your brother? And Cain lies and says, I don't know. The pretense that we don't know who our brother is, that we don't know where our brother or our sister might be, is a denial of responsibility for them. Where is your brother? God asks that question of us each day. We examine our consciences each day, and, and we ask ourselves, do I know, do I recognize my brother, my sister? The rich man and Lazarus, that parable of Jesus, the rich man went to hell not because he was rich, but because he didn't see his brother. He didn't see Lazarus begging at the table as his brother. Where is your brother? We have to have the awareness that everyone in need, the parable of the Good Samaritan, who's your neighbor? Everyone in need. It's our brother, our sister. We have a responsibility. We can't, that doesn't mean that we can solve everybody's problems, feed everyone who's hungry, give drink to everyone who's thirsty. It's impossible to do that, and God does not require the impossible. We have to do something. We have to have that awareness. Cain tries to deny it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where he, where he is. God asked in 1973 this question, where is your brother, of the U.S. Supreme Court. In the case Roe v. Wade that was looking at the constitutionality of abortion. Roe v. Wade ultimately answered the question, where is your brother? By saying, we need not resolve the difficult question of when human life begins. And then they said, uh, we're not competent to speculate as to that answer. Boil that down to three words, and it's I don't know. It's the response Cain gave to God. It's the irresponsible denial of our duties to our brothers and sisters. And then Cain goes for further and challenges God. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, the answer to that is yes. We have responsibility to our brothers and sisters. Now, why did God ask the question in the first place? Because the blood of Abel was speaking. Abel himself, having been slain, could no longer speak, but his blood could. And this reflects another biblical teaching, that when the land we live on is stained with innocent blood, we have to give an accounting for it. That question, where is your brother, is a question asked of every community. Are you taking care of the weak among you? Our very political system is meant to protect the rights of all, to protect the weak from the strong, which is why John Paul II in Evangelium Vitae said that when a state legalizes abortion, it's undermining the very principles of democracy. It's turning everything on its head. It's making the place where there's supposed to be common protection into a war zone of the strong against the weak. Where is your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? The question echoes... And it tells us when innocent blood is shed on the land, we've got to answer for it. It's not just a matter of, did we do the killing? It's a matter of, is the killing happening around us? And are we doing something about it? So many different passages in Scripture. In Deuteronomy 21, there's a ritual. If a slain person is found out onto the field, the people of the city have to come and ask forgiveness for the killing, even if they didn't do it. 
In fact, the prayer that they're required to say, you read in Deuteronomy, is, is saying that we didn't do this deed, our eyes didn't see it, but Lord, forgive your people the guilt of innocent blood. Innocent blood is being shed on our land every day by abortion, thousands a day in the United States alone. We have to answer for it. It's not like, oh, what, it's somebody else's problem, somebody else's child, somebody else's choice. I would never do it. I'm against abortion. It's not enough. You got to intervene and save your brothers and sisters. We got to answer for the innocent blood that's being shed. When we fast forward to the letter to the Hebrews, the author tells us that there is a blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. Abel's blood cries out from the, God, from the ground. God hears it. An injustice has been done. But then we have another innocent person who was killed on a cross. And Jesus' blood shed for us, shed to undo the sin of Cain, shed to undo the violence of abortion and every other kind of violence, speaks louder, speaks more eloquently, reaches the heart of God more effectively and says, Father, forgive them, heal them, reconcile them, make them the people of life. The blood of Jesus is the foundation of the culture of life. The ground opened up its mouth to swallow the blood of Abel. Paul writes to the Corinthians, that in the end, at the culmination of human history, at the culmination of salvation history, when Christ himself returns to raise the dead, then will be fulfilled, Paul says, the scripture that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Friends, what a powerful reading. I want to focus on one more part of it, and that is before Cain kills Abel, God tells him he can resist the temptation. Powerful verse here. Sin is a demon lurking at the door. You can be his master. And we speak into the culture of death today, the culture of violence, the culture of abortion. We speak to those who are tempted to have abortions. And we say to them, you can be the master of this temptation when you are so afraid, when you feel so desperate, so isolated, that you feel like you have to kill your own child, you can master that. The world says you can't master that, so give them the option of killing the child legally. We say no. That child has rights. That abortion is going to harm that mom and dad. It's not a solution. It only creates more problems. And because it's not only immoral, but destructive, God gives us a way out. Paul says this, right, to the Corinthians. He says, with every temptation that God gives, he gives a way out. He gives an escape hatch. He gives the grace for us to resist temptation. And this word of God to Cain, that you can be the master of the sin that is pushing at your door, is a message to our whole culture. You can overcome the culture of death. You can overcome the power of abortion. Let's take hold of that grace today 
and indeed build the culture of life. Let's pray. Father, bless the prayers, the needs, the intentions of all those who are letting us know this morning in the comments what we can pray for for them and who have those intentions also in the silence of their hearts. May we experience the manifestation of your love for us each day in this answering of our prayers. We ask you to bless the unborn, keep them safe from abortion. Bless the poor, the hungry and the homeless, the persecuted. Bless those, Lord God, who are being punished for practicing their faith and for obeying their conscience. Bless those, furthermore, who have difficult decisions to make. And bless those, Lord, who are running for public office in the upcoming election cycle or those who are serving in public office, that indeed they may always protect the rights of all, starting with the weakest and smallest. We gather together the needs of the whole world and the whole church, and we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, thank you, friends. Great to be with you. And uh, please share this video and this reflection on the scriptures. And let's uh, continue being in contact with, let's tune into all our different broadcasts including my evening program, Praying for America, and our other broadcasts uh, throughout the day and evening. And we will be talking with you again soon. May the Lord Jesus bless us. May he give us his protection. And may he give us his zeal in extending the kingdom of life for yet another day. And may he bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.